Hey, everybody. Welcome to the sixth installment, the sixth episode of the Punk Till I Die podcast. This is your one. This is one of your hosts, Tom Trauma, and sitting not very close to me at all is my co-host, <laughs> Liverpool Neil. Say hi, Neil. Hello, everybody. How is everybody doing today? How are you doing, Tom? I know you've been traveling, so uh, hopefully you had I, safe and happy travels. I did, but before before, and I'm going to tell you all about my trip. But before I do, I, this episode actually is more exciting to me than some of them. And, and can you guess why that is, Neil? Um, I don't know, because you're drinking a beer? No, uh, I'm actually no. not. I drank so much while I was gone, I'm actually having a nice cold glass of water. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm drinking, the, drink? sa- drinking the same thing, actually. I had a, pe- right? I, I had a heavy weekend, so I wanted to uh, ease, I ease up. I ate and drank enough for like a month. Yeah. I'm probably good till the new year. Okay. But no, I was going to say every other episode, the first five episodes, we recorded them with the blind faith that eventually they'd be out there for people to hear. But as of right now, at least three episodes are available for people to listen to. Yes, we are out in the world. So we that are official. Gives me a renewed fire because it's really a thing now. I mean, not that we didn't think it was going to be a thing. That's but, true. And being yeah. a th- being a thing, actually, I should say this because people who don't un- who don't know what the theme music is, that is actually um, a song uh, by a band called Seven Seconds. So you think hopefully, people don't know that. You think anybody I, listening to us doesn't know that? I'm sure there might be some people who don't, or they they recognize it, but they don't know where it's from, right? Mm. So it's the song is called "Young Till I Die" by Seven oh, Seconds. From so the crew record, you yep, gotta listen to that. Yeah, so good. Yeah, phenomenal. Not, not song. affiliated with Motley Crue and their ill-timed reunion. <laughs> no, don't even mention that band, please. <laughs> um, and so that's so. If you had okay, gun to your head. I'm going totally off script here. Gun to your head. You had to go to one or the other. Do you go see the Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison, Joan Jet tour, or do you go see the Green Day, Fall Out Boy, Weezer tour? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Ah, I think just pull the trigger. I, I think I would do the first one just because of Joan Jett. I think Joan, I think, so I think Joan Jett think, gets it I for me. I think Fall Out Boy is such a non-starter for me. Yeah, that I would rather hear Vince, like watch Fat Vince Neil stumble around shouting at the devil. No, I think I would be. I'd watch Joan Jett and then I'd probably go to the bar. No, you have to stay the whole time. Oh, painful! And you have to drink the twelve-dollar beers at the ballpark because I think it's at Wrigley. In Chicago. Okay, well, that might have just killed. Which it. I well, know is one of your very, your very favorite venues. Anyway, is Green Day up Wrigley too? Because I, 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 I think it, I think uh, that might be too. I'm not sure. I was actually pleasantly surprised that my daughter, my older daughter, didn't want to go see that hella mega tour or whatever it was. Hmm. So. Well, that was a horrible. That was a horrible decision you made me make. Uh, so, so. <laughs> it's like Sophie's choice. So, so one that of your was... children lives, one dies. So that was the mu- so the music is seven seconds on the introduction. And uh, if any of you didn't know who the um, on our logo, uh, who that is, that is the famous Stiv Stiv Baders from the Dead Boys um, yes. on the uh, lovely uh, Punk Till I Die logo. So that's what that is. I was going to I just wanted to. I was going to tell everybody that was you when you were young. <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish. Yeah, I I was skinny, but not quite that skinny. <laughs> yeah, he did have a certain. Uh feline kind of a thing going on he could really wrap himself around the mic stand he weighs about 90 pounds sopping wet pretty much so yeah so so yeah i've been out of town we actually didn't record anything fresh last week i uh i had a major anniversary at the end of october and my wife and i finally got to get away and we last sunday (laughs) it was so great we we were supposed to fly out it wasn't quite a red eye but we were supposed to fly out 6 a.m sunday morning so you went to be at the airport at Yeah, so four? my alarm went off at like 3.20 or something, right? Oh, lovely. 
we got to the alarm. We got to the airport about four twenty. No problem checking in that early. Grand Rapids Airport is not super big, but about four a.m. It started snowing like crazy. <laughs> so Amazing. we sat. So they loaded us up, and we actually sat in the plane for like three hours before our two and a half hour flight. Oh, that sucks because they had to de-ice it and shit. Like oh that. yeah, and yeah. and the I mean it was just coming down. It was like two inches of two inches of hour or something. Just the snow was just coming down like crazy. But eventually they got it cleaned up, and we we got down there. My my only bummer was I had pre-bought these because we were supposed to be in New Orleans at local time like seven twenty. Mm-hmm. Some crazy, you know, we get an hour. We're supposed to, and so I had bought uh, this walking tour, this like French Quarter Voodoo Cemetery walking tour at eleven, thinking we'd have more than enough time to stash our bags and all that and get over there, but I actually missed it because the the flight was so late. Oh, that sucks. So well, we so we wandered over to St. Louis Number One, which is the famous cemetery in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But they won't let you in unless you have a tour guide. So we actually ended up jumping on the back of another tour. And it was actually pretty cool because if you're just walking there by yourself, you'd never know what you're looking at. Like well, so- Ma- like the famous Madame Laveau tomb or whatever they call it. I don't know if they're tombs or what they are. She's like the voodoo priestess of New Orleans, you know. It's very non nondescript. Like you wouldn't know to find it if it was. The the fanciest one actually belongs to Nicolas Cage. What, what do you what do you, what do you mean, Nicholas Cage? Well, is, Nicholas Cage is still alive, buddy. What are you talking well, about? That's what, that's what we sent a sent a <laughs> picture of it to our son. He said, "I swear, Nicholas Cage is still alive." But he bought a big plot in there and put in this giant, uh, like triangle. What do you call it? Like a pyramid? Pyramid? <laughs> a pyramid mausoleum for himself. So when he dies, he's going to be buried there. He's been, I guess, he's been living in New Orleans forever. And once again, we're reminded that there's nothing the Catholic Church won't do if you throw enough money at him. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so and the interesting thing about New Orleans, right, is because it's under sea level, so all the all the uh, people are they're not really buried underground, right? Everything is above ground. Well, yeah, it's above ground, but you know, it's not because of the sea level. It's interesting. See, those are the things you learn in the tour. It was actually because of the yellow. I think it was the yellow plague. They were afraid to bury bodies in the ground because actually most of New Orleans is actually a couple of feet above sea level, but they were afraid to bury bodies in the ground because it would actually would potentially contaminate the water. Ah, like, yellow, like yellow fever or something. Okay. So it's interesting. They throw them in these things. Then they they basically bake in the sun, the hot New Orleans sun, and like a barbecue grill, they kind of shift them, and the bones just like fall down to the bottom. <laughs> they can throw more bodies in there. Wow, that's a good stuff. Interesting. It was, it was cool. You know, I you, I know you said you've been to New Orleans years ago. It's it's a such a fun place. The food is so good, and just walking around the French Quarter, it's just one of the most electric cities. It is electric. I'll give you that for and sure. And I love yeah, it yep. so much. Yep. And, then, and then the next day we hopped on a boat and then we cruised out to Mexico. Hold on. Hold 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 that thought one second. So here's my little New Orleans story with a with oh, a yeah, punk, yeah, with sure. a with a with a punk rock twist. I don't mean to one up you and stuff, but this was interesting. Just one upping me so, because my story so far is zero punk rock twist. Well, I kind of enjoyed the the uh, <laughs> voodoo and the yellow fever, but uh, so I went down there with my mom and dad. I was freshly over from Liverpool actually at that point. I'd pretty okay. much only been here like a year, and my mom and dad came to visit. It and we went down to New Orleans, and that was those were the days when you got a travel agent to book it for you. Oh, so yeah. the travel agent's like, "Oh, I know this great guest house. It's right in the French Quarter. It'll be great. You'll love it." Okay, <laughs> so they book it for us. Great. We get down there. We should have known something was bad when we get out uh, out of the New Orleans airport. And we said we give the cab driver where we want to go, and he looks at us and goes, "You you want to go there?" <laughs> and we're like, "Yeah." And he starts driving, and the city looks beautiful, but we're getting, like, further and further away from the (laughs) the good parts of the city and more and more towards, like, a a death trap. And uh, anyway, we stayed at the St. Peter's Guest House. 
um, which we get in there and it's like a mausoleum, right? It's like four poster beds covered in velvet, covered in dust and shit like that. And we can hear people screaming in the alleys outside and stuff. It's like a flop house. So my mom and dad, my, my mom didn't sleep a wink that night. So we checked out after one night and went to like the, you know, Howard, whatever the big hotel was, right? By the, by the, uh, by the dome there. Um, but okay. That bit's not so interesting. Was, okay. What year? So what, this is like 85. Well, this it would have been eighty seven, I would say, somewhere okay. like that. Okay, because I was trying to figure it based on the other piece of yeah. information you gave me, but that's all right. Go yeah. ahead. So, um, didn't think any. We were there for one night. Didn't think any more of it. Um, and then it turns out Johnny Thunders died a couple of years later. He died in that very same hotel. See, I thought he died like eighty six. Um, well, if it was, then we were there eighty five because. Uh, okay. we, we were that de- we were definitely there before he before he passed. Uh, I thought it was eighty six, but I don't know. I'm googling. But, I'm googling. But that makes complete sense because that is in the kind of district it was where he would have been to be trying to score heroin or whatever it was he was trying to score at that point. Uh, that, yes. that would have made complete sense. So, um, oh anyway. no, I'm sorry, he died in ninety one. Neil. Oh, okay. So, I was yeah, thinking so... Stiv died in ninety one. I think he died around that same time. Uh, yeah. I... I was living here when he died. Yeah, might have been like eighty nine. I don't know. Well, it's amazing what a you know he was a terrible junkie for twenty years. Amazing, yeah. Well, it really, I mean, it really is a pretty good run. I mean, as far as you know, like on the Rolling so, Stones, been doing it for forty years. I think. Yeah, I guess. Does he anymore? He probably drinks green tea. And... But anyway, I'm sorry, I digress. Get back to your no, lovely no, that's story. All right. And then, and then we get on this boat, and it was it was mostly great, I must say. But it definitely appeals to your basis instincts. You know, it's like all you can eat, all you can drink, and lay around in the sun. It's just like encourages sort of the slothfulness but the food was food was good we spent a couple days uh you know we went to cosmel and cozumel and went to like one of these places where you lay on the beach and you pretty much have your own waiter and he just brings you drinks and food as fast as you can order it while you wade out into the ocean that's so clear you can see for half a mile well so hold on so so hold on so were you still sleeping on the boat or were you actually at a hotel yes. yeah and, no okay. sleep on the boat okay and then which our room was was fine. Actually, it was pretty nice. We had a I paid a little extra to have like a balcony right on the ocean, which is pretty strange too because I'm not really a, never been much of a boat traveler. So you go out there at night and it's just inky black. You know, it's just no light anywhere. Did you wear a captain's hat and wear a Hawaiian shirt? I, I did not. But I did. My wife did buy me one Hawaiian shirt. It's so funny. It was wow. it was definitely a little bit of a a little bit of push because I mostly threw t-shirts, but she bought me some nicer shirts. But like we always went to the formal dinner every night. Like mm-hmm. one night even wore a suit, you know, and all that. Oh, you have to but, sit at uh, the captain's table and wear a suit no, and tie or something. Do, we didn't get to do any of that. No, but it was, uh, it was. But I mean, this boat holds like oh, there was almost five thousand people in this boat. I mean, it's like a apartment building. Holy shit! That's yeah, it. that's crazy. that sounds but, like but hell, felt, that sounds like hell to me. I know you said, boy, it seems really like you're kind of stuck in there. It never felt like that. It was big, and then you can't really feel the boat move too much. So, so it was cool. I would definitely, I would definitely do it again. I would like to bring along some friends and you know just party it up for a couple days and of course you know being in new orleans is so great and then we actually came back to new orleans we got off the boat again in the morning and uh this time we actually stayed in the garden district which is a much different type of neighborhood it's all the old mansions and stuff Mm -hmm. but really beautiful you know we were out walking around but we went and walked and walked and walked and by the time we were uh by the time we walked around for seven hours we really didn't have the heart to go back to the french quarter and drink away the night well once you've so, once, once you've seen that you've seen it there's no point yeah in, but it's, in it's doing fun that. but it's definitely more of a group thing you know just sitting around with your wife or whatever drinking at some strange bars it, it doesn't right. have as much appeal as it might if you had four couples or something or 
three couples. So okay, so um, so just to set the scene, so you were in New Orleans for like one night, then you went on the cruise down to Mexico, and, and then you came back and spent the last night in New Orleans, yeah. and then and then flew back up. Okay, so 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 the so the you were talking about the place you stayed. So this place we stayed, we we booked a place that looked really cool, right? And and my wife picked out the suite, and it was the Gone with the Wind suite. So we stayed Woo-hoo! in this old mansion, sixteen room B and B essentially now, that has you know twenty foot ceilings and like those giant ten foot doors and all that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was the worst night's sleep I've ever had in my life. For one thing, <laughs> there was some people there investigating some par- paranormal stuff, so I know I had that in the back of my mind. I'm not a superstitious person. I don't believe in ghosts. I've never seen a ghost, but man, the weird shadows and crap in that four poster bed and that yeah. big old room, the light shining through the window. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean by and, that. And then I, you know, I, you know, anyway, I had to get up and pee three times anyway, and it just, it was literally the worst night's sleep of my life. We had to get up early to catch the plane, but people were coming in at like two, three in the morning, and you're just not sure what all the the old houses that makes all the squeaks and squawks. So yeah, was, right. And the wood is yelled. All the it was floors pretty, squeaking. It was, so it was actually pretty brutal considering we were really excited about it. And it seemed like a really fun place to stay. I'm like, you know, I hate to be boring, but next year maybe we stay by the Comfort Inn by the airport. <laughs> so so I, anyway, we enjoyed it. And we'll do it again. You know, the onboard entertainment on the ship, Neil. I, I thought of you a couple times while I was sitting there. Because like the buffet food, which we didn't really eat very much, it's obviously made for the mass populace. So was it Jimmy Buffett songs? Did the well, guy was the guy they, playing? They so they basically have like four attractive young women and four attractive young men that do these variety shows essentially. Uh, like one day, one of them was uh, Country Roads. Oh, did, you, did, I, dude, I, kill I me, kill me now, just did, kill I me. Did, I did not enjoy that one so much. I was actually falling asleep <laughs> while that was going on. Sure, it had nothing to do with my heroic drinking. Um, and then uh, the one that I that was really shamefully embarrassing, the like the last night was called America Rocks, and it was just like a bunch of fist pumping oh. rock songs, which is fine. I grew up listening to that, you know, when I was a kid, that was what was on the radio. You know, born in the USA, blah blah blah. But the one that was probably most embarrassing that I enjoyed quite a bit was the uh, it was called Club VIP or something like that. Salute to disco. disco. Oh it my god, awful. it was. Oh shit, Tom. <laughs> and I what have you? Every, what's happened to you? I didn't know every song. Well, that, that was in my back of my mind. I'm going, man, the music I love was in reaction to this horrible music. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it wasn't bad. But it's it's you know, you kind of got to go with the flow. Mm. There was very, I I saw very few uh, co-patriots on the boat as far as that I thought I would have been friends with in real life. Yeah. There was like a group of suicide girls hanging out in one of the hot tubs. If I was eligible, you know, that would have been where I was hanging out. But it was definitely more of a but you know, there's old people, young people, people of every every race and religion, and everything else. It was, it was cool. It was it was fun. I'm guessing wow. the su- I'm guessing the Suicide Girls weren't hanging out at the tribute to Disco or whatever the hell it was called. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing, but they were hanging out at the yeah. hot tub. That was about all. That sounds all right. Hanging out, hanging out of their swimsuits, hanging out. At the oh, hot tub. there we go. I tell you, man, the new fashion in swimsuit. Once again, let's go on a sexist rant because that's what we do. They they just it, it's almost like a thong style. Hmm. Have you been anywhere public swimming lately? Probably not. Uh, not not for, a lot of opportunities for that north of Chicago, right? Not, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. go to YMCA. Not for a couple. Of, not for a couple of years. I have to admit, but, I haven't but they, been. But these yeah. girls barely cover their butts. It's almost, like is it not quite a thong, but just like a. I mean, you know, it's typical though. Only really about a very small percentage of the population can really pull that look off. I mean, I know. I'm, I, I don't. You don't see me wearing European style swimwear. 
I was going to say, were you doing the same thing? Yeah, no, oh, okay. it's not. No, man, I, and we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about this on the show. We talked about this personally, about how I, I don't, I'm don't. i not even keen on the shorts that go much above the knees, you know, the yeah, new got, style. The yeah, you got, the, the, you got those ones look. going down to your shin. I mean, I guess I'd rather look like a 90s reject, my key ring and my... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I was able to do... So when we got back on Saturday, we walked down Magazine Street, which is one of the main kind of thoroughfares it's kind of yuppie actually there's there's some dive bars and some cool like divey restaurants and then there's really upscale stuff it's all you know streets lined with mansions that are converted to businesses and stuff um but there's a record store down there when i was we, we actually took the kids down to new orleans three or four years ago and we were at a comic shop because why wouldn't you go to a comic shop if you're in new orleans right and i ran into this guy punk guy metal guy i don't know what he was and we started talking and he was about to open a record store they were had just opened a record store down in new orleans called uh sisters in christ i'm like well that's a weird name for a record store but i never did get over there that trip but i was finally able to get down there and it's a really cool little well curated record store you know if you're gonna be a small store you have to sort of focus right I mean, well, you can't well that of... sounds with a name like that it sounds like it would be old goth stuff Right, yeah, Sisters I, of Christ or whatever Sisters in Christ. Yeah, that's and, and I, I kind of gave him a, a kind of a raised eye when he told me the name. He's like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. They do <laughs> have like old like uh, crucifixes and stuff all over the place mm-hmm. that you can buy for like three bucks. <laughs> okay, but it was a cool store actually. So one of the owners is from a band from New Orleans called Thou. T H O U, which is like a they're like a really heavy. If you know anything about like the what the New Orleans sound is, it's bands like crowbar i hate god stuff like that really like down-tuned sludgy real heavy stuff phil anselmo the singer from pantera is from new orleans down is from new orleans anyway it, it, it's it's not necessarily my favorite sound i do like some of those bands a little bit but uh but yeah so that was cool so i did buy i did buy a few records while i was down there what I got, did uh, you buy tom what's in record I, I, what was in you Tom's know bag? I, well I, I i bought so if like in the mid '90s, early mid '90s, Joy Vindictive, who is a Chicago area guy, did you ever did you ever get into Vindictives or not too much? Not too much, no. But I'm... he had a little label called VML, or a series of records that are called like VML Live Records or something, and there was all these live seven inches recorded in Chicago. Were they the ones from the Fireside Bowl, right? A lot of them were. Yeah. They had like yep. a plain generic black and white. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I have a couple of. I bought a couple of them over the years, mostly bands that i was friendly with or liked but i mean every anybody who was everybody any let's see everybody who was anybody in the early mid 90s recorded one of these things i mean from like a band like the freeze who had been around for already 20 years to a band like uh you know like the queers and the screeching weasels and the vindic you know the stuff you'd expect yeah yeah um and i actually bought volume number one which is blank 77 i don't know if you know them they were they're like a they're I like a pogo them, yeah. revival band from the 90s really really good band actually i liked them a lot uh, it's got a couple cool covers on the B side, including "Band from the Pubs," the Peter and the Test Tube Baby song. I can't remember what the other one is, but uh, and I bought uh, that was a seven inch black, and then I bought a nice clear green seven inch from a band called In Control, In which Control. is kind of the next generation of like the Nardcore bands. I mean, they named their band oh. after the Stalag Thirteen song, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and yeah. It, and it's that style, and they actually do some of those old songs, and that was that was pretty cool. I uh, had a really nice, uh, like, not the eight by twelve folded up insert, but rather like the eleven by seventeen, with all the lyrics and all that, and mm-hmm. and poster art. It was cool. 
And uh, the other seven inch I got was a split between a couple of Midwestern bands because I'm a big fan of one of these bands. I'd never heard the other one. One of them was called Broadway Calls. I guess they're from from Denver or Colorado somewhere. I'd never heard them. They're okay. They're they're what <laughs> you might call them like orgcore. Definitely like a kind of like the gruff pop punk thing. Yeah, yeah. And the other band was a a female semi-female fronted like there's a man and a woman they both take turns singing uh band from cincinnati that i always had a soft spot for called mixtapes that was Mixed on Maroon vinyl okay yeah they're not around anymore um the girl her name is maura weaver or something like that she does a lot of stuff with mike park like they have a band together okay like a new band hey you know where you know her from neil She's the female singer on the great uh, Mast Intruder song. Uh, oh, okay. And that is, I didn't know. I know exactly who that is, and I've seen her yeah, on the yeah. video. Yeah, yeah. She's got kind of a distinct. She does. Uh, she does. Voice. And I and I like I said, I always liked her band and the guy. The guy sang too. They were definitely, I definitely call them a pop punk band, but they were pretty cool. Short, relatively short lived. Eh, they made a few records. Uh, and then the other, the, the my big find was the repress of. Uh, Sin Thirty Four's "Do You Feel Safe." That was the only LP I bought. I really didn't want to buy any LPs. Because I had to watch my weight on my bags in the plane. and Yeah, gotcha. And, and honestly, I didn't dare, because I had so much heavy clothes in my bag, I didn't dare put them in my, so I actually ended up carrying like it. a carry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I I did not end up walking back and getting that Saccharine Trust album that I texted you I was eyeballing, and I do regret it, but I'll, I'll come across it later. It's still in print. Yeah, if it's if it's still there, when the next time you go back, you should buy that, because that's, that's an amazing, <laughs> punky, jazzy well, I remember, you know, a, a few months ago, you sent me an MP3, and we played yep. it on the regular Punkies yeah. podcast. It was like a ridiculously long, discordant, yep. I think it was the last song on the record or something. It's kind of spooky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you got no idea what the fuck he's singing about. It sounds really disturbing. But uh, so I, actually, I actually haven't had time to listen. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm saying I haven't had time to listen to the Sin 34 album yet. I have no idea what they sound like. You will like it. It's it's classic, like, 1983, 84, West Coast, um, punk, female-fronted again. Um, there's some terrible songs on there, because that's what, like, 17-year-olds in bands do, right? Sure. There's, there's, but there's some classic stuff on there, too. The first track is just absolutely ripping. And I believe the, uh, I believe the lady is dead, R.I.P. Uh, hmm. I believe she died about five years ago, and uh, oh. and yeah, and the original press of that album is worth hundreds of dollars if you can find it. So yeah, yeah, that... this one is called the label is called Sinister Torch Records. It's out of Seattle. Now I believe they originally self released it, right? Uh, I'm not. I don't remember what label the original was, was, the... One was on. It's got a really bad cover, right? It's like yellow with yeah, like yeah, a bad like sketch a of like skateboarding like or something. Yeah. yeah um... No, like it looks like like cops backed a guy into a prison. Like a corner in a prison. Ivy, come on, he jumped out. Sorry, the cat has jumped up on the keyboard. Sorry about that. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a you'll you'll in, you'll enjoy that album. I don't know if uh, if your wife will if you play it loud, but I think I think I think you'll enjoy. It. It's it's just so different to like modern, and I'm making the making the bunny ears here. Modern hardcore albums, which mm-hmm. are massively overproduced. This has exactly yep. the opposite problem, right? Probably it's, had like uh, ten hours recording time to do the whole thing. If that, probably like two hours. <laughs> to record it, mix it, and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So actually, yeah, I haven't listened to that yet. I'll uh, try to give a report on that when I come back. Cool. And I got some more disc dog stuff, of course, because I have a problem. I got a social unrest single that I didn't have. I got a Annie scene split. I got I don't know. It just keeps coming. It's a problem until my until my uh, you know PayPal account is just totally bankrupt. I won't be happy. 
Yeah, well, at least you've got one of those. Okay, so originally it was on Spinhead Records. Whatever, Spinhead. I whatever, think that was their own label. Spinhead. Now, I see the single hasn't been reissued because I was discogging it, of course. And that goes for big money. Yeah. Well, 60 plus. Well, I guess the original album's only like 80 bucks. Actually, well, let's see. It might be shitty condition or something, but... Uh, Watch, it's like no album. Just Kate, you're either yeah. like... Yeah. Eight, nope. eight, 80 to 100 that's funny you say that i was looking at a buzzcocks album today and it was uh it was vinyl only no sleeve it's yeah like, who's how, buying how, it see how, i'm not buying that i don't care how cheap it is but but it's like how the hell do you even like what happened to the sleeve what what did you yeah. do like i don't know it just seems weird anyway um i did some record shopping too i've i found a great new record well it's not new it's new to me though record store in chicago called bucket of blood records um very cool little store and it's obviously one of these things that's like a labor of love for the uh for the owner because did, uh, say diddle diddle sisters in christ definitely yeah uh because she i mean they only focus on like punk and metal that's all they yep, have yep, yep. uh so um they had a pretty amazing amazing bunch of stuff including some super rare stuff that's uh in a little box underneath the counter they don't have it out so you can't wreck it um mm. like they have like a sick pleasure single for 80 bucks they have the code of honor album for like 120 bucks i mean they have some they have some rare stuff but yeah. uh let's see what did i buy i went crazy one sunday we were i was there with my daughter and we went crazy i bought an avengers single you um, want to see a couple of, you want to see a couple of middle-aged men act like girls you start texting yes, each other from the record store exactly right? <laughs> oh look what they got look what they got you want this yeah. yeah so i bought the i had bought an avengers seven inch um i bought uh original, so which which what which seven inch did you buy it was uh oh, avengers it was painted painted black oh, okay cool. they, yeah they didn't have Stone's any of cover. the uh yeah they didn't have any of the super rare ones because i and even if they did i wasn't i wasn't gonna drop like 150 bucks or something but uh this was only like 20 bucks i think so it wasn't hmm. bad um that he bought and that's ori- the original obviously because you always buy originals right i i do my best yeah um <laughs> Then they had an original of the Life Sentence album. Life Sentence, if you don't know, they were a Chicago hardcore band from like 83. They used to warm up for all the other bands that came through town. So they never made it big, but they were always like warming up for Naked Ray Gun and the Effigies and shit. So, um, they and you had... could have bought that record anytime back in the day for like six bucks. Yes. That you off? Well, the funny thing is they did repress it like two years ago. And the oh. repress, I've seen the repress for more expensive than this original was. Mm. So that's stupid. Probably sounds better. Um, well, maybe it's got more tracks on it, but still, I wanted, I wanted the... But yeah, uh, that, that always irritates me, because, like, you know, you can only buy so much when you're young. I bought a ton of stuff. I'm sure you did, too. I always bought something. But but all the stuff that was so easy to get and so cheap, and now it's like, ugh. And, I'm, I'm, I am big time buying up 97 inches, like, mad that were so easy to get back in the day. And now I'm willing to pay for them, because I want, you know, I'm like a on a seek-and-destroy mission. Well, I'm doing the same thing with mid-80s hardcore bands, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other two things I bought, actually, are things that we have reviewed on this show. You mm. had me listen to the State No Illusions EP, yep, and it, yep. I found a repress of that. The Havoc oh. one, or which one? Um, yeah, the Havoc, yeah, yep. on Havoc, yes. It's good press. Yeah, they actually had they actually had a bunch of State stuff there. They had like about four albums and about yeah, six, they have quite six a few singles. singles. And none of them are particularly, well, I shouldn't say, the represses, all of them are fairly cheap there's actually a little label out of grand rapids that put out a couple of their uh because they were out, they're out of the detroit Ann arbor area a pretty cool little hardcore punk label out of grand rapids for a while or maybe i don't know well the guy lived here for a while or whatever you know how these transient these things are but it's called punks before profits i know they put out a couple of the state seven inches okay cool cool 
Um, and then what else did I get? Oh, I got. Oh, yeah. Talking about. <laughs> that's funny. You were talking about the uh, Nardcore stuff. I got the uh, that Stalag Thirteen in control. The oh, yeah, original twelve yeah. inch EP. Yeah, I got oh, that. I got that on yeah, probably have to get that out. Yeah, I got a naked ray gun, uh, seven inch vanilla blue on blue vinyl. So, yeah, I spent some what, money. Oh, I spent some money so over there. So that's a that's a seven inch or a twelve inch? Vanilla blue was seven. Uh, what the Stalag thirteen? No, the naked ray gun. Naked ray gun was seven inch. Was a single. Yeah, vanilla blue. Uh, yeah, in blue vinyl. From 1987. So uh, yeah, I spent some money over there, and then just around the corner, um, they have a, a little. They, I think it must be owned by the same people because there's a there's a little bar, uh, and it says when you go in, um, if you bring your receipt, you can get you can get ten percent off at the record store. So that was nice. actually, that was actually. So, 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 but next so next time, time I'll do that first. So basically, what I'm saying <laughs> is, next time we're in Chicago, we're going there to drink, and then we're going to the Bucket of Blood. Exactly. Exactly. And then back to the bar yeah back to the bar again because yeah. it's, it's funny you know there's a little chain of record stores in new orleans called peaches and i went there after i went to sisters in christ and i'm so glad because it made me so badly not want to buy anything the lps were so jacked up in price what all used stuff or new no just new just i mean average i bet you like ten dollars more than what i pay at my local record store mm-hmm I'm just like you got to be kidding me. How do you even stay in business with this guy? I mean, they had new CDs there. They were like 18.95. Jesus. It's like going to the mall in 1990 or something. Yeah. Like what do you I mean, give me a freaking break. So, you know, anyway, kids, if you live in New Orleans, go to Sisters in Christ or Scully. Scully's is a cool little little tiny record store too. Screw peaches. And if you're in Chicago, look up Bucket of Blood. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. I intend yeah. to. Fully yeah. intend to. Yeah, it's right. But it's actually very close to Kuma's Corner, the original Kuma's Corner. So, oh, cool. yeah, I don't want to bum cool. it. We'll go get a fifteen dollars hamburger when we're done. Well, we'll go to that other place instead. But uh, right <laughs> across the street, yeah. They got food um, there, or just just booze. No, they had food as well. Yeah, cool. and they had some re- old OG video games in the back too. Hmm. So it was pretty cool. Like a real dive bar, not like a pretend dive bar. Or? Yeah, a, r- a real dive bar. Yeah. Um, so I tell you what, uh, enough of us yakking. Why don't we uh, we reviews? Uh, I had you listen to something last week. You had me listen to stuff. So why don't we play a couple of? Well, first of all, what did you think? I think I had you play listen to the first adverts album on um, right crossing the Red Sea, which you did. Yeah. So hopefully... which I must say to find it. So I so I don't have the album. To find it to stream, it's very very difficult to find in its original eleven song form. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Almost cause... everything. Cause I, I usually stream, and this is lame, I know, but I usually stream on YouTube, just yeah. because I'm not a I'm not a streamer. I'm just not. Right. I listen to CDs in my car. I listen to records in my house. That's it. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, the so and and a lot of them actually integrate the bonus tracks. Like most of them integrate like Gary Gilmore's eyes into the eleven tracks. You know, work them into the tracks. Right, and that's been done so much now that people actually think that Gary Gilmore's yeah. eyes was on the album, but it's not. Gary Gilmore's eyes was not on the original pressing of uh, Crossing the Red Sea. With so, the so I must admit to being vaguely familiar with this band. I actually have like a compilation CD, which I know you love, but well, that's for another day. <laughs> yeah, um, it's called something like Wonders Don't Care, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and and it's actually I think all live radio shows. I have that. It's all radio sessions and stuff yeah, it's, like that. It's, yeah, and it sounds good. It's good. It's yep. good recording, actually. Um, so I was familiar with this band, and I like this band a lot. It's it's funny because the first song is a Stone Cold, like, first wave punk class. Maybe not first wave. I don't know when they were around. The 79 first, no, or... no, no, this is first wave. This is 77. 77. This is first okay. wave. Yeah. As, as, as Gay Advert. No, they had a female bass player, Gay Advert. Yeah. She's still around, right? 
show she's still around. She's still at Rebellion. If we go to Rebellion sometime, I'm sure we will run Do into Gay Adver. No, TV Smith does, the singer. He's oh, been doing a solo thing for like 40, 40 years. Smith was a singer for the... See, I didn't yep. know that. Yep, TV Smith was a singer. Gay Adver's the bass player. And but they she, would... was, she was pretty cute, you know? Yeah, she was a, she was a punk pinup for sure. Yeah. Yep, and they were dating for a while, I believe. Maybe they, right? they might have even been married for a while. Yeah. How many? So they made a couple of LPs. They made a couple of LPs. Um, the second one was uh, a big, a big departure. Like the first one was like a punk rock classic, right? That was one of the top yeah. ten original punk albums of all time. Uh, the second one, Cast of Thousands, got a very different kind of sound, and the, they were dropped by the punk community in a in a heartbeat, which is a shame because it's actually a fine album, but uh, it just wasn't very. No, and then the li- label dropped them, and then they then they split. Does TV Smith do advert songs? Is he, he punk, now. or is he more like a new wave guy, or what does he do? No, he does he does punk stuff. He does a lot. I think his solo stuff is a lot more folk punk kind of thing these ah. days. But he still does a lot of advert stuff. And in fact, I saw today that they've uh, there was some yeah they've done Gary Gilmore's eyes, but they've changed the mm. words to it because in the UK there's an election this Thursday. So okay. they've changed the words to someone like "No more fucking lies" instead of Gary Gilmore's eyes. Or oh, they said something with Boris. Boris. Look at, yeah, looking through Tory lies or something like that. I don't remember. It's uh, all politicians lie. So just pretty same, much same one party huh. is you know whatever. But uh, yeah, he's still going. He still does his thing. And like I say, at Rebellion, he'll you'll probably see both of them actually. But yeah. uh, but you like the album, right? Because I mean, it's like classic I, I after do. classic. I do. As a matter of right? fact, the first you know the first two songs are so great. Which is One Chord Wonders and uh, Teenage... Bored Teenagers. Bored Teenagers. I think those two are great. And then like the third song almost has like a little psychedelic edge to it. Yeah, I could see that. They were, so it's kind of cool because they were experimenting. They didn't really know what they were doing. Right, and you can tell, and you can tell, man. Uh, gay adverts bass playing is rudimentary at best. I think I think it's awesome, but, though. It's so ramshackle and just kind of just well, falls you know, into place. That's why they call it the rhythm section. Well, and it's... And, well, and, one, and the fact of the matter is, yeah. they they probably learned to play too well before they made the second album. That might be what killed it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because <laughs> you there are a lot of bands where you can say that about about man. They before they learned to play, they were really good. I mean, very few bands could be like musically retarded like the Ramones and just hold their own. You know, right. usually you have to be either advancing or or falling back. I think. But yeah, no, I, I I dug it quite a bit. I definitely would like to pick that album up. Yeah, to me, it's one of the like I said, I think it's one of the top ten punk albums of all time. Um, I mean, it's when I bought it, I actually preferred it to uh, Bollocks. Um, really, and it's, and it's right up there with the first Clash album for me. When I first put it on, I was just like stunned. It was how good I thought it was, and just so it how, spoke how to me. Now, after all these years, where you put it? Uh, I would still have it in my top ten. Above Bollocks. Uh. Uh yeah, actually I think so. Really? As, as a punk rock album, yeah. No, I mean, as a yeah, I think I would. I think I would. Hmm. Yeah. You only got one more less one more album to listen to before you croak. <sighs> this is you know what this is a whole topic for another show, my friend. <laughs> so I'll tell you what. What song do you want to play? Let's do One Chord Wonders. I think ultimately that's the best song on the record. That's their first single, and yeah. So let's play. Okay, One Chord Wonders by the Adverts. Here we go.
So there you go. That was One Chord Wonders by The Adverts, a song hopefully all of you know already, but uh, I'm sure you don't mind hearing it again because it's a freaking classic. Um, a, a, while, a while back, and I don't, don't ask me how long a while back is. It might have been 20 years. It might have been 15 years. I bought this book, and it was called The 50 Greatest Punk Singles of All Time or The 100 Greatest Punk Singles of All Time or something, and it was very British-centric. So I did learn about a lot of bands like that, the members and mm-hmm. uh, the adverts and uh, – Who's the don't dictate man? Don't dictate. Penetrate. Pen- oh, that was perfect. Yeah. Penetration. So, and you might see so, them at Rebellion too because they, they're, so, they're playing so I, out still. So I learned a lot about a lot of those bands, but I'll tell you, the, that stuff is not – those bands are not really that well-known among the American audiences. Like I said, I kind of got lucky on that. So, I, you know, they're not at that Sex Pistols clash level where they're – you know, they didn't even have the big – huge crossover single like maybe even an anti-nowhere league so they're not is you know just not that well known i don't think over oh, here but. gary Ga- gary gilmore's eyes was a pretty big one was right? it yeah it was, it was a big it was a big single in england yeah it made okay. t- top 20 i believe i mean to those of us who really dig into the history of this stuff and really like the old stuff maybe but i mean your average no effects fan is not gonna know what <laughs> no that's very true you yeah you're right about that I mean, not to insult the average NoFX fan. I think that's fine. It's better than the average, you know, Blink-182 fan or whatever. But, 
Yeah, <laughs> we could we get into a whole thing there, but okay, right. let's. What did <laughs> you? Eating listeners one at a time. Yes, yes, yes we are. What All did right, so what I, did you I have you me listen, listen to, Tom? I had you listen to a band called This Means War. They were they're half Dutch, half um, Belgian. Okay. Uh, they just brought the first full length on Pirates Press. I like it a lot. I liken it to a cross between Seven Seconds and Coxbar. Definitely nod to the classic punk styling. So, and I know yes. you had mixed feelings about it. So, I'll go ahead and go ahead and tell me what you think. I did. It's interesting, right? Because it, it your description was right on. Even though I wouldn't say Seven Seconds, I would have said. Uh, a bit more modern than that, like Ignite or you know stuff oh, like that. But the higher pitch, H H H two O, maybe maybe some H two O, and well, mm. we, yeah, we'll get into that in a second. But so the first time I put it on, um, I loved it. I was like, because it immediately grabs you, right? Because it's like yep. mid pace. It's got an old school kind of sound to it, like catchy like song. yeah, catchy songs. You know, um, the guy's trying to sing instead of just yelling. You know what I mean? So it sounds good, and he sounds uh. How, how could I put it? Really sincere. He sounds like he really means everything he's saying and mm. uh, and that. So first time I listened to it, I liked it. Second time I listened to it, eh, not so much. Third and fourth times I listened to it, I was like, okay, it's it's so. It just you can hear the you can hear the um, the other bands in in every song. Like every song is reminiscent of another band. And you can almost play the game of guessing which song this this band is. I mean, which band this song is based on, kind of thing. So you know, the, the first song sounds like H two O. Second song sounds like Anti Flag. You know, third song sounds like the Explosion. Then they have a song that sounds like the Street Dogs. Oh, then there's a football song, so it sounds like the Cockney Rejects. So that kind of thing kind of started to annoy me after a while, mm. uh, because every one of those, not that they were bad songs, but because they were sounded so much like those other bands, I would have preferred to listen to those other bands. Mm. I guess, I guess, I, you know, and it's not it's not bad for a band to wear their um the bands they like on their sleeve, you know, and and yeah, but it it really did get, it really did get a bit too much it, of that for me. A, it's such a tricky path for a band that wants to play what we'll call classic punk or oi, because you sort of have to rearrange the cliches. You know what I mean? You sort of have to work in a certain area lyrically. You have to work in a certain area musically. And I think the best you can do if you want to be a real purist about that stuff is sort of try to make it try to make it interesting. I think these guys are pretty good at that. See, um, but see, I, you, I didn't I didn't get that. I mean, that would that would be my one thing is that they've got to try and make their sound their own, and they don't. Mm. They like I said, they I, sound I think, too much like the like I, the. I think that the point is that they're trying to be like an orthodox style of punk, though. You know. And I, I get, the, I, I totally get your criticism. I and I, I, uh, I don't necessarily agree because I think I just like them. But, um, you know, I, I, there's something about the European bands. You know, like we talk about like the Ramones core type bands occasionally, but in Europe, like the American bands always try to put their own twist on it, and usually to their own detriment. But the European bands just do like a straight Ramones worship, and I almost always prefer that to a American band who feels like they need to put their own spin on the Ramones sound. Yeah. So maybe we just have differing opinions about how these things should go, you know. Well, to, to tell you the truth, that would that wouldn't have bothered me, funnily enough, if all their songs had sounded kind of the same, and and all been based on the same kind of sound. I would have I would have liked it more, I think. Hmm. But the fact that every song was clearly based on sound from an from another band, 
like <laughs> like like they bought a compilation or something and that's and that's and <laughs> <K-tel> 77 <laughs> punk rock compilation. well that's 70 and that was, maybe 82 or whatever. my friend that was another thing that bothered me in that first song why we fight and he's singing about old school punks unite yeah and i'm sorry i don't know how old these guys are but i'm guessing they're probably in their mid-20s Mid no mid mid twenties to thirty. I don't want to hear about. I wouldn't about be it. surprised if they're older, but I doubt they're my age. With a, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's definitely not my age. So I, I, I don't want to hear. <laughs> you know, th- nobody's your age. I don't. I don't want to hear a thirty something talking about old school punks unite. I just don't. Yeah. So yeah. That that. Well, like that I said, that's part too. of the you know, and sometimes it. It doesn't when I when I feel like it's borderline cliche. Yeah. Well, well, no. I, well, and that's and that was another so, thing. So at a time, I felt they were bordering on H two O style cliche, where you know, uh, born yeah, on the streets, well, all friends together. You know, we were great back then. It was fantastic. You know, H two O kind of lost all their credibility somewhere along the lines. So I don't think they even. You know, they they had those couple albums that, right, pretty much. Bad. Well, well, you know, I was trying to be nice, so maybe I won't try so hard this week to be nice because I haven't even decided what I'm supposed to do yet. No, and the funny thing is, I did enjoy it. It was just all those, all those things. Just and really, and maybe it was just I was pissed off in the car on the way home tonight when I was listening to it. But it was just like ah, this song. I was like anti-flag. Yeah. Um. So anyway, what I'm gonna play? I'm gonna play a song called "Hang 'Em High," which is the third song oh, yeah. on the album. So this is "Hang 'Em High" by This Means War from the album Heartstrings. There you go. That was Hang 'em High. Uh, hope, hopefully, you enjoyed that, and hopefully, you can pick out which of the, which of your favorite bands you think that was based on. There you go. Um, you know, I guess I can't <laughs> win them all. Can't win them all with you. No, and I I appreciate the fact that uh, that you you know that you gave me something that I didn't absolutely hate. Well, you know? my my hope was well, my hope was I know you know and and this isn't just you, it's me too. But we're sort of resistant to let new bands into our lives. It's like we sort of have enough bands. So something really has to be good to kind of penetrate that veil, and I tr- I tried. I'll keep trying. No, I know. I, know I, I you know what? I do appreciate Tom. I really do, and I'm being honest about this. I do appreciate this is not this is a new album, like a 2019 album. Yes. So that's so that's really so so that's important to say is that you know we don't just talk about old shit on this on this show. We actually do talk about bands and stuff that are currently going and are putting as long out as albums they sound right like now. Old shit. <laughs> 
Well, apparently not, because I didn't like it. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. who can tell with me, right? Who can tell? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, because we, yeah, well, I know you love, uh, I know you love Teenage Bottle Rocket, right? I do. I do love And they're another love... one where they're sort of, they're, they're super derivative, but they're good at what they do, you know? Yeah. Well, they fear yeah, they've kind of plowed their own furrow or whatever, right? I guess, um, yeah, but same, I mean, it's it's only two degrees separate from, you know, Ramon's core, essentially. It is, and the same as Mast Intrude, but Mast Intruder have put their own spin on it, too. Um, after a while, that might get kind of old. But after I'm... a while, you mean like two records ago? <laughs> I know, I still, <laughs> well, see, so that, that's one that we can, I guess, agree to disagree on as well. I, haven't, so I still I, enjoy I, it. I like the first two albums, I, I really like the first album, I like the second one, okay, but I was already starting to lose interest, That and that EP they did, Love Songs and other... Which actually is what a, probably one of my favorite things they've they've that was done. An e- it was an EP, EP like, six like six song EP. Six yeah. song EP yeah, um, I, so, and I never, I actually haven't listened because there's a third full length, right? There's a third full length, which um, I actually haven't listened to it. Yeah, there's some good songs on it, but that one, even I have to say, by the second side, it's getting to be a tough listen. And some of the songs are verging on Weezer territory, so it's, uh, yeah. So they might well, they to... never were good at naming their albums. Maybe they'll just have to go to colors like Weezer did. Well, well, well. With Mast Intruder, that would be perfect, right? Yeah, like the, or, the or they could do like Kiss did, and each do a solo album where they play on each other's. Now you're giving them ideas. Like see, green, yeah, like like the artist would be Green Intruder, <laughs> but the name of the album would be Mast Intruder. Yeah, yep. <laughs> well, I'm going to see him next week, so or next next Saturday. Oh, this Saturday, actually, at this Saturday coming a, up at the top of a short 15 band bill. Uh, yeah, of uh, which I really haven't heard of any of the bands on the bill, you, so you we'll see. To, uh, do you have to get tickets in advance for that, or is that just like a pay at the door kind of? Thing? I did because it's such a sm- oh, it's such a small place. I've been told I've never been there. It's called the Petty Road Pub in Barrington, which mm-hmm. is a very swanky suburb, actually. Um, how, how far for you? It's probably like it'd be an hour hour drive. Oh. Yeah, it's oh, north, north and west. But uh, it's by my work, actually. Um, you uh, going with your buddy, or are you going with your daughter? No, I'm going with my daughter. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, so he, he'll be there because it's 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 close to where he lives, and he's actually threatening me to, to he's threatening to take me to his uh, local, which sounds just like a. <laughs> Next like thing a, you know, you'll be going to Mexico with his uh, yeah, band of uh, local bar crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like the cantina from Star Wars, the way he describes it. This place, <laughs> so, so. <laughs> musically, yeah. you might you might you never know. You might like you may like that Mexico trip, man. I'll tell you one thing. Last week, I was as relaxed as I've been in years. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, because I just Max. and you know, and I think part of it was because my phone didn't work. Well, th- well, that like helps. I had no phone for five days, right? And then as soon as that phone service comes back, you can almost feel that tension creeping in <laughs> as you start going through all your crap, you know. Well, you know what helps too? It's the uh, it's the fact that all the booze and all the food is free, so you don't have to Pretty worry much. about you don't have to worry about any and, of that and, crap. And, and you know, and wives tend to loosen up a little bit when the kids aren't around. Yeah. Okay, you know so what you don't, you don't you don't want it to go there, Tom. Okay, you know keep that to yourself, <laughs> I'll my go friend. I want. Keep that to yourself. This show is fifty percent mine, Neil. I'll go where I want. All right. Well, you might your wife might not like that as well. I was yeah, thinking. I was thinking true. of her. She probably won't listen anyway. All right. So t- I'll tell you what. What I'll be, one... I'll, be like, I'll be like Howard Stern. If she questions me, I'll just deny, deny, deny. <laughs> one thing we missed while you were gone, and uh, I was doing what I was doing. We missed. Uh, Black uh, Record Store Day, Black Friday, uh, whatever. I wouldn't say but, we missed it. But... Yeah, exactly. We didn't <laughs> didn't exactly miss it. Uh, was there anything, had, was there, anything had, there? I hadn't was... left yet. I actually considered going out, but I just couldn't find the strength. Because there was for me, there was like nothing I was interested in. It was like the worst Black Friday Record Store Day I can remember. 
Uh, there was like one or two things I'd be like, eh, if it was fifty cents, I might pick it up. But you know, not not thirty four ninety five for an LP. No, sir. Funnily enough, to stand in line to get a Sid Vicious box set. No, uh, that's oh, not something. Like that's, four uh... shows, four nights in a row <laughs> with the same songs each oh, night. Oh, that was brutal. I mean, yeah. man, how big of a super fan of Sid Vicious do you have to be to spend that kind of money on that? Yeah, right. Indeed. Um, I mean, I, I certainly, I, I, I love the kind of iconography that goes with Sid. You know, at the end of the day, I think he was just a dumb kid, but but I'm I'm not a Sid Vicious completist, that's for certain. Uh, no, because well, let's face it, he he ruined the Sex Pistols, so he wasn't that good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was he was you know, I'm sure he was a great kid, but actually, I'm not. I don't think he was a great kid. Actually, I think he was a pretty awful kid. I don't know. His mother (laughs) was such a wreck. You know, you got to feel a little bad for him. Yeah. Yeah, well, he did some pretty shitty things, so let's not uh, let's not go there. So nothing on Black Friday, huh? Nothing on that on that no, day. No, not the, at all. I, the... Matter of fact, I, uh, you know, we we had our vacation. We we left on Sunday, and then we had the long weekend from Thanksgiving. It was kind of strange. I don't know that I'll ever do that again, because we literally had days off where we we're just sitting around, and we hadn't. You know, it's like, man, we should have like left or something. And but yeah, I. Uh, I'm trying to think if I went out and did much of anything. I th- I thought maybe for you there might be like a Huey Lewis album, like a <laughs> like an Alice Cooper bootleg or something <laughs> that you were interested like, in. Like our local record stores, like a lot of them, will do like a buck off an LP or something. So if you just want to go buy something, something, not, yeah, and, just yeah. And it's kind of fun because there's so many people out about, but it's kind of not fun because of that too. Um, and the fact of the matter is, I I, I know the main store I shop at, I know the owner, and I always get a buck or two off. So why am I going to go wrestle with the crowds, you know? No, I, I get that. Yeah, I get that. And completely. I've been buying so much stuff that it's it's problematic. So yeah. it just was best that I stayed home. All right, we'll put it this way. So we didn't do anything for Record Store Day, Black Friday. So what have you overspent on Discogs recently? Well, I just, it's like I said, it's all these 97 inches. Yeah. And, but, but what happens, and I'm sure we mentioned this a couple shows ago, so we're going C now. Um. But, you know, you find something, it's like, well, it's five bucks, all you can ship. You know, it's like five bucks no matter how many. So you start going through the list. Yeah, I take that one. I'll take that one. It's cheap. Look, if I, exactly. I'll combine well, shipping. Like three, that was yeah. like three bucks. And yeah. yeah. But I, I, I told you I've been hunting down the singles by this Detroit band called Break Anchor that I really like. And uh, what do they sound so like? like? So what happens is I'll have something I'll be laser focused on. Uh, Break Anchor. I've been trying to get all the City Mouse singles. There's a few Michigan bands, especially. What are they? Oi! Are they, I mean, that's no, I, I would not, guess Oi yeah, for that name. Just punk rock bands, you know. Uh, okay. City Mouse is actually a female fronted trio. Plays just straight up punk rock, maybe pop punk, but pretty you know aggressive punk rock. Um, so I've been focusing on like, oh, I need that single. I need that single, and then you kind of build your shopping list around that. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely. Man, I love splits. I love split seven inches. I love weird singles that aren't on the LP. I was a little disappointed when I bought that Sin 34 record, and I looked and I, I was like hoping the seven inch songs from the the very expensive out of print seven inch were on the LP, but they're not. They're totally separate. So yeah, got to get those. Got to get those separately. But what about you? You've been discogging it or not? I I have. I, just, I tell you what, man. I I, I can't. I can't stop. Um, yeah, it's bad. I got that Mast Intruder, that EP you were talking about, the Love and Other Crimes EP. So what is what is that? Twelve inch or what? It's a twelve inch. It's got six. It, well, and it's interesting, right? It's a twelve inch. It's got six songs on one side, oh, and on and on etch. the other and on the other song uh, on the other side, it's got like an etching of like the yep. of like the Mast Intruder logo when it's on that the hot, is hot the, pink vinyl or some shit, you know. That is all the rage right now, and I'm sort of resentful. 
handful of it. Yeah. Well, it's I, like, I, why, I, well am I pay, why am I paying this much for six well, songs? You, they could really put it on a seven inch. Yes, but I, you know what, you know what, I don't mind. I don't have to get up and flip it. So in a way, it's it kind of feeds into my laziness. So I can just sit on the couch and listen to all six songs. I just and, buy these uh, hardcore seven inches that have like six songs on each side. Yeah, yeah. But actually, the, the that one it does have some really really good songs on it. Um, First Star Tonight is a fantastic song. So that's hmm. uh, that's good. Now, but the sleeve is just pathetic. They got to get rid of this cartoony like masked intruder thing. I, that's just not a good sleeve. Um, another thing I bought, I bought an Echo and the Bunnymen album. I don't know mm. if you like Echo and the Bunnymen from Liverpool. My, I only know a handful homeboys. of songs by okay. Echo and the Bunnymen. Well, they did a, uh, they did like a, almost like a career retrospective double album last year where they did, it's called The Stars, The Oceans, and The Moon. And it's like different takes on a lot of their classics with mm. like, with like strings and stuff. And it's actually fantastic. Really? It's, yeah, it's really, really good. Boy, there's some, some chamber music for you, huh? Well, it's, no, not like, not as heavy as that. I mean, not as, not as, I mean, cause they always had, they always had some kind of stuff like that on some of their albums. So, mm. uh, but anyway, that, that's really good. And then what else did I buy? Uh, oh yeah. I found, remember I told you I was collecting those like later Buzzcocks albums that are really hard oh, to yeah. find. I actually did find uh flat pack philosophy. So, um, okay. it's, it's shipping to me from Ireland. So, and it's, uh-huh. and it's not cheap. But yeah. uh, I did find That's it because cool those, those are very hard to find. Um, but I did hear, and actually, you know what? Give me your opinion on this. Um, supposedly, even though Picelli is dead, Steve Diggle is continuing with the band. Yeah, uh, I think you yeah, told me that. Yeah, I don't or know how. I don't know. Uh, so they're supposedly reissuing all of those later albums in a, mm. box, in a box set. Which, well, well, that's cool. Well, that's it, good. You can spend another 200 bucks on them. Well, it, I was going to say, it's going to really freaking annoy me once I've spent all this money collecting all Getting these originals. Yeah. yeah, and then they put out a box set with like additional tracks and shit. But uh, but how do you feel about him continuing the band now that Pete Shelley's dead? Crazy. Yeah, I do too. I mean, what what songs did he sing that were any good? Um, well, he did. He did. I mean, literally, uh, Pete Shelley, all the big hits were Pete Shelley singing, right? Uh, pretty much. Why he's a girl from the chain store was one of his. Ugh. I mean, it's okay. But yeah, not as good. As That's orgasm it. addict or ever falling in love with something you shouldn't or something like that. Right. That's exactly the way I feel about it. Pete wrote all the classics, and he wrote two third. Pete wrote two thirds of the songs. Steve contributed the other third, and the other <laughs> third that aren't quite so good. So, I mean, I have no problem with him continuing a band. But he should have changed the name. They shouldn't be called Buzzcocks. They should be called like. Well, Buzzcocks. and is he going to bring in another yes. singer to sing those single songs? No, he's going to. He he's he's going to do it. I believe they're going to stay a three piece. You know, I guess I'd go see him still and give it a try, just because I like the song so much. But yeah, it seems a little sketchy. Yeah, so I I, I just wish he'd add you know change the name a little bit, call him Buzzcocks PS or Buzzcocks you know. Buzzcocks know. AD. Yeah, some something seriously something. Buzzcocks seventy seven. <laughs> <laughs> Buzzcocks 2017. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Give people so, fair warning what they're getting. Yeah. But I always, you know, it's I'm always shocked at how unaware people are who are supposed to be fans. Every time, you know, like Black Flag will announce a tour, the current scabby, horrific version of Black Flag will announce a tour. And you'll Greg, always see Greg comments Ginn and, like, and people. You'll always see comments are like, is Henry singing? Right. It's like, are you that freaking far out of your mind or that? I mean, do you really care about this band if you honestly and maybe they're just being cocks, but I think some people are just honestly have no idea. Well, I think that's I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just shocking, right? Yeah. Well, they probably thought that I mean, Henry, Henry casual, was black. They probably thought casual? Henry was Black Flag, you know, they probably thought that. 
other casual Black Flag fans? Well, I'd imagine. I'd imagine <laughs> so, right? Little. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so. Maybe maybe I'm getting to be that way if they keep ruining the legacy. I'll become a casual Black Flag fan. Well, I think we all are, aren't we? By this point, I guess. Yeah. I mean, their later albums were pretty tough. Pretty tough to listen to, but. Yeah, do you know? After, do you know? My war. Do you know anyone that bought that last one that they put out like three years ago that had that absolutely horrendous I cover to, on it? I absolutely meant to, and I never got around to it, and now it's kind of like, you know, obviously it was a dodging a bullet. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was one of the worst albums of the last few years, I think. Um, I tell you what, why don't you uh, pick some into play, and uh, we'll play another couple songs, and then we'll do a last couple of things and then we'll get out of here so 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 the song i've had in my head and i don't know why i've had this song in my head and you and you told me this song is very controversial i would have never guessed that because i know like a local band covered it for years and it was always a big crowd pleaser it's a song by blitz and it's called new age and i know it's a little more it doesn't quite it's got kind of weird instrumentation to it and i don't want to say it's digital or something right but it's definitely not doesn't have the real raunchy guitar like the early the real early blitz stuff, you know, the Razors in the night type stuff or whatever. I don't know what the real, real early blitz stuff is, but I've had a song. I think you would like it. So let's, let's play some blitz new age and then we can come back and you can tell me why it sucks or doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Blitz, uh, new age by blitz. Here we go. Well, I hear the sound of the beat, the feeling like there's a rhythm. That sounds got me in a feeling, baby. 
All right, that was New Age by Blitz. So tell me, and... tell me about that as someone who was there. Okay, so Blitz, right? They put out that absolutely classic, classic first album, right? Voice of a um, Generation. Voice of a Generation. It was. It really was Voice of a Generation. It was full of those punk skin uh, crossover guys, right? They, yep. you know, just absolutely classic, classic songs on there. You know, yep. they, had, they had a couple of classic EPs, the All Out Attack EP, and then Never Surrender, Raises in the Night. Um in 81 82 and then voice of a generation came out in 82 and was just like that was the album you had to have it was like that and the cockney rejects first album mm-hmm. and the business right i mean and say no world league as well right there were some great great albums great mm-hmm. bands from back then but blitz were right up there so what, they, what they call the uk 82 kind of sound uh yeah yeah um and then, so everybody was super psyched. That first album was so good. So everybody was so psyched for the second album. And what do you know? Second album came out, and they had changed the sound completely and gone to a more uh, almost like new wave kind of sound, uh, mm-hmm. all, all post-punk, post-punk kind of sound, I guess. Um, that album was called Second Empire Justice, and the song New Age. Really? That we wow, ju- that's a terrible name for an album. I thought the album was called New Age. Uh, no, the album was called Second Empire Justice. And the single was called New Age, and that's what you just played. So, it, I mean, you know, in the, it's not a bad song. It's not a bad song at all. Um, but it is was it's just... It's not very aggressive music. No, no. It was so different. I mean, you can't imagine punks and skins, like, bopping around to the dance floor to that, right? In between New Order and Echo and the Bunnymen or something. That was just not going to happen. So, um, unfortunately, Blitz kind of lost. So the kids on the street really didn't care. The kids on the street did not care. <laughs> and uh, Blitz kind of fell apart after that. And um, I think they did, like, one more album, like, by in, like, seven years later or something. By that time, it was kind of all over, Do they, right? do they so... kill, kick, now, do they still kick around? Are they, like, a, I don't think so. No, it's very sad, actually. They did, they were touring up to a few years ago in the States, but um, the singer, I believe it was the singer, um, he was crossing the street in New York, and he got hit by a car looking the wrong way. No kidding. Got killed, yep. So very, very sad. So, um, yeah, great bands. And uh, that second album, yeah, uh, just didn't didn't go where they expected it to go, unfortunately. Mm. They, they expected uh, their fans to have open minds. Big yep. mistake. Yeah. And there was a couple of other bands. I think Cron Gen did kind of the same thing. They had a very different sounding second album, and they were dropped by the street punks as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, Basically all the tough. bands that stuff is now on Captain Oi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That uh, yeah, the, hmm. that stuff you never really see. Um, so what, but, what what are you what are you gonna favor us with today? I'm gonna you know what you said Oxnard, so I'm gonna play uh, mm. probably one of the greatest bands out of Oxnard, Ill Repute. I'm gonna play. Um, I don't even know if this was their first single, but I know it was early on in their career. This is a uh, clean cut American Kid by uh, Ill Repute from Oxnard, California, skate punks, and uh, I absolutely love this song. Always have. And in fact, I think this song was in, um, what was that? What's that TV show that was on uh, Netflix about the kids set in the 80s on the bikes and the monsters and... Oh, oh, uh, uh, Stranger Things? Stranger Things, yeah. Um, When they're sitting in the playground at one point, I do believe Clean Cut American Kid is playing in the background. Second season. I believe it's second season. Yeah. Because I I have watched the first two. I assume this is from What Happens Next, their big album. Uh no, this was uh this is not off their album. I don't oh, believe no. Okay. I mean it might it might have been on one of the reissues added as one as a reissue, but uh I actually got to hear this on one of the Rodney on the Rock uh compilation albums. Oh no kidding. Yeah. 
but um, I'm pretty sure that this is not on what happens next. Well, I can't find it at all. I'm looking for it. Yeah, it is not. So this is <laughs> Clean Cut American Kid by Ill Repute. was clean cut american kid fantastic song hope you all enjoyed it uh let's see we're hitting about an hour we've probably just got a few minutes left tom uh i actually wanted to talk about we had mentioned books last last time in uh in episode number five i just finished the keith morris autobiography yep and we talked about that and you had mentioned that you really enjoyed the john doe book from uh john doe under from the X. big under the big black sun under yes. the big black sun yeah and so i got that and i actually listened to it i bought the audio book because i can listen to yeah. it in the car and stuff and mm-hmm. uh i have some thoughts on that Dude, just put mind. the book right up on your on your steering wheel yeah stop being a whim <laughs> well here's the problem if i buy the book i'll read it at night i'll read two pages and fall asleep Ah, yes. So I, it will, t- it will t- literally take me like a year to get through a book. So <laughs> if I have the audio book, I can go through it in like in like a week or something. You know what I mean? So that I, actually... I actually brought that John Doe book to work while I was working a really boring job, and I was just tearing through it. Yeah. Because I loved it so much that I just, you know, it's just one of those books you just want to, you just want to keep going and keep going. Okay. So of those two books, of the Keith Morris autobiography. Uh, autobiography and uh under the big black sun by john doe which is about okay what it's about it's a, it's the it's his story of the well 
not just his story actually is the early yeah. L- early LA scene right from 76 through like 1980 probably and it's told from not just John Doe from X it's not just his viewpoint he also has other people talking right in there he's got like someone from Exine, the Go-Go's, someone from yeah. the Go-Go's yeah some, some other more obscure kind of like Mexican punk bands that I'd never really heard of right uh, some of the writers from Slash Magazine or whatever yep. so each chapter is by somebody different right so um of those two books which one did you prefer and why i love the keith morris biography i don't is not my goal to cast shade on the keith morris biography i enjoyed it all the way through but it feels like a standard biography i just thought the john doe book was something special and it felt so raw there's no ghostwriter it felt so raw that it made you honestly almost ache to have been there when this stuff was happening yeah, I felt like I was there. I fe- it felt I could almost feel the excitement of what was going on in that scene at that time, L.A. in the late seventies. Yeah. Now, what was interesting about the audio book, and this would actually be the reason I would tell you to get the audio book, is because each so each chapter is by a different person, right? Um, I so, mean, John Doe is a recurring, re- right. recurring chapter. Short. Yes. His chapters are short, but they kind of tie things together a little bit. Yeah, they tie, they tie it together year by year. But what was interesting is each one of those chapters is actually narrated or written or read by the uh, the person who wrote it. So like Exine did her own chapters. Exine and does Doe. her own. Yeah, exactly. And the girl from the Go-Go's does hers and all that yeah. kind of thing. So that was interesting. And then they <laughs> interspersed the chapters with music from the time, which is oh, interesting cool. too. Yeah. Because like. Because they, because they even went, even went as far as to, like Jack Grisham had a chapter. Now that, yeah, I want to talk about that one, which was pretty, pretty funny because Jack, Jack Grisham was a live wire, and and it was, it was interesting his take on the whole thing. Well, he was a complete asshole. Let's face it, and he was being an yeah. asshole on purpose. Um, now they were big tan jocks from the suburbs. Yeah, and they came to break heads. <laughs> yeah. So okay, of the two books, I actually preferred the Keith Morris book. Really? Um, yeah. So you did not, you didn't, you weren't as enamored with the John Doe book as I was. Uh, no, I wasn't, and I'll tell you why. It was precisely because there was um, too many different voices hmm. desc- describing the thing at the same time. Um, so, you know, I read it, so obviously I didn't have the same effect because the ultimately the voice is my own right no that's true that's true but so some people i really enjoyed hearing about i really enjoyed hearing about the go-go's early story i really yep, heard yep. about i enjoyed hearing about our x formed and uh you know yep. billy zooms you know love of rockabilly and all that kind of yep. thing and uh, some of that stuff was fascinating and i wanted to be there too you know going to some of those shows and stuff like that um but then some people like the guy from the minute man oh my god his chapter just went on like and what? on yeah. and on and, and it, it was did, just and, and i must say it was front loaded it did slow down the second half slowed down mm-hmm. reading it too now i found and i found i found it was interesting how they wanted to bring in the mexican scene like from east la and some of those bands and stuff too and i did find elvez uh because that was elvez right he was in yep. he was in the zeros and then he went he became elvez later right so his stuff was like int- i didn't even know the zeros were a mexican band you know yeah he's his well funnily enough when i just saw the avengers the other week uh the other month uh the bass player was the bass player was henry uh hector from from mm. the from the zeros so that was cool. kind of, that was kind of interesting um but his stuff was interesting, but that's that chapter went on for a very long time too, and all of those people from the original scene, they all bagged on 
uh, oh, well, you know, it was great in the early years. And then when the kids, the suburban when the, kids, when the suburban kids, when the beach kids started to come in, the scene got too violent and we all hated it by that point. And that, you know what? And yeah, they and went it, rockabilly and they went all. Yeah. The, the, the either, yeah, the either went roots or uh, they, or they went kind yeah, like country, alt country kind of thing, or they went rockabilly or something. And they left the punk stuff to the suburban kids. And that's when you had like your vandals and all that shit was i mean tsol and the oxnard stuff and all that stuff exactly i mean not that that, not that it's bad some of the i mean that stuff is brilliant too right and it did make me want to check out some of those very early bands like pick up stuff by the weirdos or pick up stuff by the zeros right it made me want to get that stuff or everybody goes on about the screamers right i got quite a bit of weirdos see the screamers were an art art punk band though i don't right. know that they're very listenable plus they didn't really record anything right right they didn't have any official recordings i believe but uh everyone raves about them right and all those other old name dropping every five seconds and stuff yeah. so i mean you know the weirdos like you i mean you at least know we got the neutron oh yeah 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 i yeah, know some of the stuff all yeah. Music and stuff yep. like that. okay yeah 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 um, but it just it was funny because it was a very artsy fartsy scene right until well, the beach kids came in with the hardcore stuff well that's interesting right so if you compare that with like the london scene like yep. you, when you hear the Sex Pistols and you know Johnny specifically talk about that, that's he says exactly the same thing. The uh, that first year, like seventy five, seventy six, when it was just artists and weirdos and like gay folks and you know whatever yep. it was, everybody. Then it was a much much more interesting. And then when yep. the uh, when the people that you know d- didn't have all the all the um, all the all the different musical uh, tastes that that they did, you know, when they the people just came in thinking what punk was supposed to be or whatever you know thinking oh the pistols are punk i'm gonna sound like that kind of thing so it got the scene got a lot more narrow and the you know johnny rotten's always like oh it they all went downhill after the first year or whatever and that's what they and that's what they were saying in this book as well you know they said exactly the same thing and the people in the new york scene say the same thing as well it's sure. really it's really interesting how you know i mean how much variety was there in that first wave of of cbgb bands right right exactly you know man. you could almost yeah. say i i love the ramones they're my favorite band they codified punk rock they are the most important punk band of all time but you could almost argue that they sort of killed the first spirit of it because they did make it about the leather jackets the yep. speed all the kind of stuff that would go on to define so you define just the music later you just you just came up with the word that i was struggling to find as codified yeah, yeah. so when the scene got well, codified always, you know there was punk bands before the ramones no question about it but they made – I think you could say the same thing about like a Black Sabbath. Like there was all these weird bands that were kind of coming up with heavy metal, but Black Sabbath made it – kind of wrote the rules for it. You know yeah. what I mean? The Ramones wrote the rules. You know, the Dictators were around a year or two before the Ramones. The New York Dolls, Stooges, these bands were all rumbling on the edge of – on the edge of being punk rock, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, rock from the tombs. Yeah. put Stop the like... pieces together. Yeah. But so, okay, so yeah, the early New York scene, yeah, you got Blondie, you got Television, you got the Ramones, yeah, you got, television. You got, Holy you got crap. Talking are, Heads. Television could play better than almost, you know, they were unbelievable musicians, right? Yeah. I mean, you got the Heartbreakers and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. all the bands were so incredibly diverse. The, yeah, sa- the same in England, the same in England at the time, right? Yeah. The Pistols sound nothing like X-Ray Specs, who sound nothing like the Adverts, who sound nothing like, you know, the Stranglers, who sound nothing like the Jam. Yeah. It's also, and, it, and so what's coming out of this book was same thing in L.A. The Weirdos sound nothing like, you know, the Bags, who sound nothing like the Germs, who sound yeah. nothing like X. So it was a lot more varied, but then, like you well, you use that word, it got codified. And uh, the younger kids who didn't have those 
different musical um, backgrounds that these other bands did. So they would they just came up listening to punk rock, and so that's what so it, it became. Enough, yeah, wasn't, yeah. You know. So anyway, all the all the early LA folks all decided to move away, and then yeah, all the Beach Kids came in, and and that's what that Jack Grisham tap chapter just talks about. And he's unabashed. He he could care less, right? He's just like, yeah, fuck you guys. We came in and. We kicked ass and we, we did tried what to be we had friends, to do. But you wouldn't accept us. Yeah, you wouldn't accept us. So yeah, screw yeah, you. Yeah, Jackson. Jackson, interesting character. Yeah, man. he's a and 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 the first couple of TSO album, oh, albums are Stone Cold classics. Um, yeah, it just it it's you know it's it's always interesting reading about you know because now like downtown LA is all yuppie and but at the time it was which is funny because this would have been the you know late 70s it was just burned out the only people there were junkies and hobos or or hollywood or wherever they were you know what i mean they were just it was all real crappy places they could afford to live there now it's all you know well, condos and well again it's again it's just it, it parallels what happened in, in new york and what happened in london right yep. cbgb's was in like the worst part of town yep. in the bowery right it's cheap where people can live and yep. kind of get together and you know eventually it becomes joy ramon boulevard and there's a freaking high fashion you know, right. store where the CBGs used to be. Exactly. So anyway, I found I found the book fascinating, but ultimately I found the Keith Morris one held together a little bit better because, like hmm. I said, there were some chapters in there the that just that just they bored the crap out of me. The Minutemen yeah. stuff, particularly, which was right in the middle of the book. Right, it was right in the middle, and that just like, oh. Yeah, I gotta I, tell you the minute the Minutemen. You know, it's, and this be an interesting topic sometime that we can take up. Favorite punk bands that everybody seems to love that I can't get into or don't like. For me, the Minutemen are at the top of that list. Yes, me too. And I've tried numerous times. I saw them actually down in Champaign back in the day. I, I saw Mike Watt recently. I still enjoyed the show, but he wasn't. It's just not my thing. Yeah. So, so we better okay. We better wrap this up. We're yes, going, sir. We're, we are once again. We talked about nothing. We're going on and on. Uh, Let's. Uh, it, it, actually, that's not true. You know, when we episode one, we talked about how we wanted to do this because you know we wanted to be stick to more punk stuff and you know, really get into the gritty old school punk stuff. And then we spent the last six episodes basically telling everybody what a bunch of posers we are. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty content with that. <laughs> okay. I'm, so I'm like wearing, a, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt and, you know, drinking drinks that are defined by their color. I'm wearing, bond- I'm, I'm, I'm wearing so. bondage pants right now. So shut up. <laughs> In your apartment. Yeah. This yeah. is the most comfortable thing. <laughs> yes. All okay, right. so, so uh, what are you gonna uh, what are you gonna have me listen go, to for next first. week? I'm, I'm actually I'm like scrambling here. Go ahead. All right, I am gonna have you listen to the first album by Two Boy Army, and yeah. this is gonna annoy the fuck out of you. I know it will, but uh, you will know Two Boy Army, right? Gary Newman's first band. Um, I'm sure you oh, know the cars, song. The hear my cars. I've heard the name, but I don't know them. Very okay, well. so yeah, Gary Newman's big hit was Cars, right? Um, okay. so you'll know that one and two boy yeah. army two boy army yeah. was his were his band before that they put out like yeah. uh two albums i believe um and they had a huge hit they had a number one hit called uh, our, our friends electric um was a huge number one hit in england um oh. so two boy army put out two albums and then gary newman went on his own and went on to become a superstar for a while so uh, for a minute, hot minute. Yeah, so Two Boy Army was a like a cross between punk and electro. Hmm. So um, that kind of later, you know, uh, synthesizer sound that Gary Newman had. So it's the first Two Boy Ar- Army album, and it's just called Two Boy Army, and okay. it's got like a white cover with like a, a weird yep. like 
sketch of his face on it. So I see that. I'm pulling yeah. up right now. Yeah. So I think the original album's only got like ten songs. I'm sure it's been reissued with a bunch of B sides and shit like that. So I'm not gonna make you listen to that. I see a but... dozen tracks on the original. Okay. Then there you go. Yeah. Sounds good. So, so yeah, so give give that a listen and uh tell me how much you hate it. That would be good. Hmm. You don't you already know, huh? You're already calling your shot. <laughs> Well, it's because, you know, I, I don't think you liked that Ultravox album I had you listen to the other no, episode. No, it, it was fine. Okay. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't rush out and buy it, but I didn't dislike it. Okay, cool. Well, I, um, hope, I, hope, I hope you do like this. Uh, I, I think it's really good. And I think I've it's only a really... heard of it, so I'm not, I'm not really very familiar with it, so that's cool. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting mix of, of, of coming out of the punk scene, but then trying to do something a bit different. So, yeah. Um... So there's that. So what have you got for me, my friend? What? It, what okay, I'm gonna what... give you something you've probably listened to, but I, I, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm ill prepared, which is pretty typical. Well, if, so, if, if you, if you want, give me something from your best of 2019 list. If, let's keep it current, if you want, if that makes it easier for you. Um, well, like you've already listened to the new Subhumans, right? I have. Have you listened to the new Freeze album? I have not. Well, listen to that then. So let, why don't you listen? To that? I played a song off that last week. I think you did, and I I liked it actually. So I think I'm um, gonna I think I'm gonna dig it. I I I like this album a lot. It's definitely I don't know what top five or whatever. But yeah, the new Freeze album. Now they've been around since the late '70s from Cape Cod, uh, associated with that great Boston scene with bands like Gangrene and Proletariat, who put out a great album this year too after thirty something years off. The Proletariat that is. Um, so uh yeah they still they're still kicking around they put out their first album in 20 years this year we played a song from it last week it's called calling all creatures on a label called slope out of arizona which i'm pretty sure the band is already having a really contentious relationship with so anyway check this out check yeah check it out freeze calling all creatures calling i will all check creatures. out two-way army and two-way we'll army. see we'll see yep. where we end up yep all right, all right. Any, any last words any Dude, last words for our I listeners? I think we've left people with enough words. I hope uh, people are enjoying this. This is, uh, you know, we're we're six episodes in. Soon will be the double digits, and then we'll really have something. All right. Well, All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah I'll talk to you. Uh, talk to you next week, my friends. Right, Bye, everybody. Good. Okay. See ya. Bye, bye.